This is Grown Up and Grounded, a podcast about growing up and being a grown up, about getting grounded and staying grounded. From a party dilemma to how to stay in the now, we cover a lot of ground in this episode. Hey, Kate, what's going on today? Hey, <laughs> so news in my life. I just found out yesterday that I'm uh, going to be going to my friend's, or I was invited to my friend's 21st birthday party, and obviously I knew this was going to be coming for a while, and uh, we had talked about doing, you know, bar hopping and, like, kind of doing all the classic big 21st birthday party stuff uh, for her party, and I was going to help her plan that, but uh, last night she told me that she actually wants to do a small like intimate party at her grandmother's house with just really close friends and her family and her family's really cool um they they party all the time and you know they they have fun and uh, they're a pretty fun group so i i think it'll be a a a pretty cool way for her to celebrate her 21st birthday party the only thing for me is that my ex-boyfriend is going to be there and he's one of only four friends that are invited and i she gave me the heads up that he'll be there and I've got about a month to figure out what I'm going to do, but I, I'm stressed out about it. Hmm. Uh, okay. Well, I have lots of thoughts, but so <laughs> you can't bring a date, I'm assuming just cause that would probably be the best thing. <laughs> wow. Mom, I love how you think. Damn. <laughs> um, man, that would be the best thing. Uh, but no, I don't think that I would have a date to bring, even if I could bring one, first of all. And second of all, I, I'll just be getting back from L.A. that morning. So I don't even know. I don't even think I'd have time to coordinate anything that high, that, that smart. That's a good thought, though. Well, I mean, you could f- fake a date. Like, you could get someone to go knowing the situation ahead of time and say, I just need someone to pretend like they're super into me. Um, just saying I'm underhanded that way. I know I'm usually all about being 100% honest. And yeah, I'm so surprised by this because you are usually very like I've been trying to think about this, like, how am I going to tackle the situation head on to just have it be a smooth night. But well, See, I feel like I, I don't want to drag my drama into her party either. Like, I don't want it right. to be a and thing. And that's why I know if that you have a date, there's no drama. You're totally into the guy. The guy's totally into you. Hi, nice to see you. And let's have fun. It's It just takes that burden off of, like, how are my interactions with him going to be? Because now you don't have to worry about your interactions. You have to worry about your date. Your, your date that you're super into. Cough, cough. Um, yeah, I mean, I... Okay, let, let's remove the date from the situation. Let, okay. Let's just assume that that can't happen. In this circumstance, um, surprise, surprise, I'm all about, like, fake it till you make it. Like, you just have to have the attitude in your head. Um, I don't need you. You're going to want me and dress the part and look the part and feel the part and say the part. So, yeah, that's yeah, just I mean, my that, thoughts. That's- I mean, no, that's, that's where I, that's what I've been thinking too. And I actually just talked to my roommate about this last night because as it was happening, we were hanging out in the living room and I was like trying to talk to her about like how I was feeling as everything was hitting me. And, um, that was pretty much her advice too. Like, don't, you don't need to be there to be a confrontation. You don't, you don't need the, you don't need to make a scene out of it. Just be the best version of yourself that you can be in this situation and you're going to come out on top for that. Well, and you have to bear in mind some 
boys don't do well in those environments. So you also have to be prepared to um, respond in a positive way if you get like some kickback on you being on the best version of you, a version that they may still want, but not be able to handle or whatever the circumstances are, you have to be able to fight that, you know, you have to have your you mean I have to race be strong that you can when, clack the, together. when the whole I still want you conversation comes up, I have to be able to say no. No, because that's it probably the hard won't, part. It probably won't happen in that environment. It will but it will probably be taken on a negative tone, like some sort of joke at your expense or something like that is how see, I'm I don't I definitely don't see that happening. It's a party just based though. on it's how things you, have been so far. You and him alone. This is a party. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think you're at since since we've seen each other in groups since we broke up and now obviously the situation was a little different then because our relationship was much le- much less tense um he was all of those times very friendly inclusive i mean all of the friends that are going to be there are also my friends of course they, we've had this conversation they're not really my friends they would uh, they're obviously picking him if they have to choose but I mean, that obviously they're not going to be rude to me necessarily because he's not going to set. I, I don't believe that he's the kind of person who would set that tone that like. Oh, no. But I mean, at jokes expenses. at your expense, like like I'm just saying something funny that you would normally get riled out about. Like he would know that. But like also to where everyone else would laugh, not knowing that it's something that's going to get under your skin. Like, yeah, I, I mean, guess it's possible. I just that's just kind of the I'm not saying him. I'm just saying that's how a lot of guys respond to that sort of thing. Um. Yeah. Yeah, he's I just I don't I don't really I I don't know. I don't really see that in him. Oh, okay. I see it much more as he just plays it cool, nothing's talked about. But then at the end of the night I'm getting the the like a the text. text. Yeah. Mhm. I think it's more important to me to spend as little time interacting with him as possible because time has proven that I I mean I'm either going to be just enraged after 10 minutes in his area in his vicinity or like totally desperate (laughs) yeah (laughs) and i don't want any one of those things you know i'm i'm feeling much more angry now than any other time we've interacted you know things are things are different now than the last few mistakes that i've made in regards to him but i i I also don't want that anger to really come out and you know affect my friend's birthday obviously yeah i mean the other thing is like you can just be so exhausted from your trip that you just meet them wherever the second place they go is and not at the party at the house yeah, they're not going to a second place. It's just the party uh, only. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably leave early. I'm going to have to work the next day because it's a Sunday night and Mondays are always my payroll day. So I'm, I doubt that I'm going to be there super late. But then I also don't want to like be sitting at home, like watching all of their posts on Snapchat and like sad that I wasn't, you know, like I, it's, 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 it's a lose, lose situation for me unless I can just figure out a way to be happy there and avoid him. Cause interacting with him isn't going to make me happy it's a perspective thing like it's not a lose-lose you you are a grown-ass woman you just went on vacation you have an important job and you got to go to work but like it's not a lose-lose just you you make that choice and you you had a fun week and now you're just going to cut short a party on a sunday night yeah don't look at snapchat do you know how difficult that is for me? <laughs> well, I do know that. That is I have such mother... bad FOMO. <laughs> but 
But it's, it's, it's Snapchat. It's like going to church and putting on your Sunday best. It's not the real, it's the presentation. It's not the, the facts of the matter. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's hard for you to believe that, but. Yeah. It is kind of funny because as we were talking, I was thinking about when dad told me that we would never be together when he didn't want to see me anymore. And he's like, we'll never be together. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, you're so going to want me. And that was like, that was, that was it. That's how we said goodbye. And guess who was right? My story is going to be fine. I'm going to be too busy being perfectly happy with my handsome husband and wonderful children. I don't know if there's a thing as perfectly happy. That sounds like an oxymoron. But for this purpose, I will let it slide. Wow. It's just an expression. (laughs) You just have to rain on my parade. Like, you can't even talk about my happy future without you being like, well, you know, like expect to be unhappy sometimes. No shit, Sherlock. I know. (laughs) I just got to keep it real just in case. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there is no just in case. It's fine. I get it. Life has up and ups and downs. I'm not 15 <laughs> anymore. I just don't want you to be fooled. I don't know. Just in yeah. case. Yeah. Well, I'm. I, I'm not in an. I'm not in the emotional point in my life where I need the just in case. If I want to say I'm going to be amazingly happy and never have a sad day for the rest of my life, then you just need to smile and nod. <laughs> You haven't figured out that I'm so not that mother. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm surprised. I never thought you would be the mother to pettily say that I should bring hire, a date to with my next boyfriend. To come to, on the date with you. Yeah. So I don't know. I could be learning new things about you today. Yeah, I mean that's the goal, right? I, I was thinking about that, like stories that you probably have never heard. I'm sure there are lots of them. That's it's funny. I was just thinking, I'm sure there aren't many. You think there aren't many? Yeah. I oh. feel like I know so much about I mean, you. Our first episode, I told you a story that you hadn't heard before. And that was a life-defining moment for me. That's true. That one was really surprising. But even when we had that conversation, you had thought you told me about it before. Yeah, I had thought. I I, I, I think because I had written about it and I thought you read mm. all my papers or all my stories mm-hmm. when I was taking some creative writing classes. It was one of the ones Mm -hmm. I wrote about. But yeah, it's one of those stories that just sort of shapes you. Um, Another one that I was thinking about actually just the other day for some random reason, maybe because of your history with honesty, but just about Mm. um, like how it became that I decided that honesty was such a big thing for me. And it, it took a while. I had two I had two big things that happened where I wasn't 100% honest and it caught up with me in a bad way. So I was mm-hmm. like felt the the ramifications of that for a long time. Mhm. So And what was that? Um well, I lied about something to my dad and um because I thought I was going to get in trouble and he probably, he may not even remember, but I lied about something to my dad because I thought I was going to get in trouble, but it cost. And how old were you? Um, I was little. So I would say 10 or younger. Mm, okay. But the consequences of that lie for me were big in that mm-hmm. certain people didn't trust me. And the people that the person that knew that I lied about it, really didn't like me for a long time. So Hmm. it's just kind of 
It's kind of hard. I mean, it's kind of, I'm so vague purposefully. And then another thing happened, which is not necessarily a lie. It was kind of, but I had a really good friend in high school. And then I had a girl that I knew from high school that I happened to be hanging out with. And she told me that she said to me, you can't tell anyone this, right? Worst thing Mm -hmm. to ever say. And she tells me the story where someone is saying bad things about my friend from high school. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I won't tell anyone. And like, and how old were you at this point? Oh, in my twenties. Oh, okay. So I immediately call my friend and be like, oh my gosh, so-and-so told me that this person was saying this about you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but you can't say anything because I promised her I wouldn't tell you. And I'm just telling you mm-hmm. so you know that this person's talking about you. It's kind of like, just as a heads up, right? It's the right thing yeah. to do. It's your good friend. And we hang up the phone and she must have made a million phone calls and raised hell and the the girl that, that told me calls me and is like, I cannot believe you did this. Like, you know, and, and it's just like all these things happened because I told my friend and my friend couldn't keep her mm-hmm. mouth shut and called everybody and was yelling at mm-hmm. people and um, telling the girl's boyfriend, you know, that said the thing about mm-hmm. her, what a terrible person she was. I mean, it was just like this big, like almost like high school it drama. Mm-hmm. It spiraled. And I was just like, I was so... I was super disappointed in my friend, but I learned a good lesson. Like, if I'm going to say I'm not going to say anything, then I just have to not say anything, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, it's it's weird for me now to think about how dishonest I was when I was a teenager because it's I can't lie now. Like, it I feel so when I even try, I feel so much guilt, and it's so weird for me to think for such a long time that I lied so easily about everything. Well, I think that was what was weirdest. You lied about stuff that didn't even matter. Yeah. I don't know why. Oh, I think for me, too, I had a friend in high school that lied about stuff that didn't matter. And I just was like, I don't. It was hard. I couldn't believe anything she was saying, like where she bought a shirt. Like it could be a liar. It could be the truth. And so that always kind of stuck with me, too. See, I was that person. (laughs) For like two years. I mean, not forever, but for like two years. But when would you say you stopped? Because I know for a long time, even... After high school, you were still kind of like, eh, I'm lying. You know, I, I think that um, it didn't really stop until me. I mean, I think once I graduated high school it and moved out, it, I lied, started lying a whole lot less. Um, but it didn't really stop until maybe like a year later after that. And I think what really did it was like I kind of I don't know I kind of realized like that I I came through high school and I I made it out and you still loved me even though our relationship wasn't really the best at that point and I just kind of realized like why why did I why was I so focused on that stuff that was so temporary and felt the need to potentially ruin my relationship with my mother and my family for stuff that big picture didn't matter. Like, I, I just remember, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I do remember having a moment of feeling like I'm so lucky that my mom still loves me and still wants to have a relationship with me because I treated it like garbage and lied all the time. And I was a terrible child. Well, first of all, all kids are terrible at times, but second of all, you think I didn't know every time you lied to me. I mean, like I just didn't want to have 
there were times like Becca would even be like, you know, she's lying. I'm like, I know, but like the weight of her lying and figuring, you know, even thinking that I know, and I'm just not calling her out. Like, it's just, it, there's so many art. I have to choose my battles right now. I know she's yeah. lying about this one thing. And I mean, it just makes me know what to think yeah. about or what to watch, but I didn't want to fight about certain things when I knew you were just lying. So, yeah. But then I wonder, yeah, like, I sometimes, Danae had a phase where she lied a lot, too. Like, I wonder if, because you guys know that honesty is such a big deal to me, that you, like, were like, I'm totally just going to lie about everything. I'll show that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I've I, thought about possible. that before. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, but I have thought about that. I, I was like, I know at one point I thought I should have never told them how important honesty was to me, because then it wouldn't be the tool they used against me in passive-aggressive ways. <laughs> And I don't know. I don't think Becca ever really went through that, though. Nope. She didn't. But it is possible that she saw us go through it. And well, yeah. I mean, she had a she real could see beef more with your it. lies because you lied to her, too. And sometimes I think that affected her in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, we have to be something. How did Kate's lies affect you? That will have to be uh, something I discuss with her. Oh, geez. I don't need to rehash <laughs> high school, man. <laughs> My stomach is turning already just from barely thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, as the funny thing is you were, I mean, do you remember there would be times where I would just totally call you on your stuff and you're like, how do you know? And I'm like, cause one, you're the worst liar ever. And two, it just, um, you're just so obvious. I don't know. It was pretty, I can remember a that happening a couple of times. Like I can remember getting away with a couple too, though. Well, there, I mean, but like I said, I, for the most part, I generally was like, do I have the energy to have this argument? I know she's lying. And like what it comes down to, he said, she said, like, right. If I called you on lying, you're going to dig your heels in and insist that you were not lying. Yeah. And unless I have proof that you're lying, there's really no point in having that conversation. It's just easier for me to know, okay, this circumstance happened. She lied. So now I need to circumvent that next time it was just kind of like mm -hmm. but nobody getting called online usually is going to be like you're right i lie they're going to just fight to the death to prove to try and argue the point yeah if, you don't, if they know you don't have proof that they're lying so yeah i mean i'm sure i knew i can think of like three instances right now where you lied to me and it cost an uproar and i was just like i'm not gonna fight about it but i know she's totally <laughs> lying yeah so which is kind of funny that, like, right now I could think of, like, three instances where I was like, yeah, you lied that and you lied about that. Yeah, I had but, a rough time there in senior year. I think it was hardest because, you know, people talk about how hard it is, teenagers, teenage daughters, blah, 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 blah. But it was rough because you and I, everything was, like, going so smoothly, I thought we were going to skip it. And then mm -hmm. it happened so late that you were just, all, like. And it hit all at once, like. I don't even feel like it was gradual. I felt like within the course of a week, like all of a sudden things were snowballing and it was like, I even felt out of, like it was out of control. There was nothing I could do. Yeah. I think that's what made it devastating. Like if we had had, I mean, I knew we had arguments and we had disagreements prior to that. I can remember getting frustrated, but I mean like real to where it was really bad. Yeah. I, it was devastating. Cause I'm like, I, in my head, I thought we totally skipped it. I was like, Oh man, this is great. You know, we're still close. Mm -hmm. We skipped it. And the next thing I know, I'm like, she's got to leave. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was a little heartbreaking. You broke my heart. 
I was thinking today about something I wanted to talk to you about. And I don't know if we've talked to you about this before, but I love BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed, this is my shout out to you on a podcast saying if you need someone to help you with the <laughs> 50 year old and older empty nester demographic, please uh, email grownupandgrounded at gmail.com. Because, <laughs> uh, gosh, I don't know. I watched it maybe because I watched a video this morning and I was cracking up and I just I, I just love BuzzFeed. I like their quizzes. I like I mean, yeah. I don't, I mean, I get it though. I don't think it, obviously it's not my demographic. Like that, that's not marketed to someone my age, especially the quizzes, but I mean, yeah. I mean, have you seen the video where the girls try on all the different bras? No. (laughs) Like they, from history, like they try on a bunch of historical bras. It's so great. Uh That that, that sounds good. And they had to wear them like all day at work and everything. Oh, man. Okay. That sounds awful, actually. <laughs> well, some of that. them they liked. I mean, that was what was funny. The one I watched most recently, though, was the they put an orange in the refrigerator, ice cold. They got it ice cold. And then you take a, a and hot they shower, ate it in the shower. And you eat it in the shower. <laughs> yeah. It's supposed to be amazing. I that would too. Oh, uh, that video cracked me up. Oh, well, I just thought it was funny because the one guy was like, I like it, but I didn't want, I didn't like cleaning up the, sh- the orange afterwards. Yeah. I'm like, so you liked it, but you just didn't want to clean afterward. Like you didn't want to have to pick up the orange peel. Like I don't, obviously you don't like it that much because it can be too hard to pick up orange peels. Yeah. And then the one girl talked about, well, sometimes I put essential oil, drop some eucalyptus oil. And I'm like, I have eucalyptus oil. My showers have been lame. I just get in and get out. I, I know. I I never spend that much time in the shower. I mean, I always like, I, I enjoy my sleep so much. So I really do sleep in until the moment I have to get up and buckle down, you know? And even on my days off, like, I feel like, I, what have I been missing? Why have I not thought about enhancing my shower in some way? I don't know. Like, well, I just feel so stressed about wasting water that I'm like, I have to, I feel like it's, uh, that's it's true. a time that I need we to are be very, efficient. I mean, we are in California. We've we've been talking about a drought for a long time. We're we're right. definitely not in a state where we have that luxury necessarily. So yeah, I feel like it has to be a very efficient experience. Like even sometimes when it's hot, I'm in the hot shower. I'll try and stretch because my back's stiff. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like I have to hurry. Like I gotta hurry this up. I'm wasting every second. I'm stretching. Mm-hmm. I'm wasting water. <laughs> but I mean, I t- I take a pretty quick shower though, so I definitely have a little leeway as far as. I could probably add, you know, even just a two minutes of relaxation in there and it would probably be fine because I'm probably mm-hmm. seven minutes in and out. So because I don't shave every day. I know you shave every day. So you're in there a long time. I shave something every day. I mean, I shave a I lot know. of different you areas have, like, in my rotation. body. Yeah, I've got a schedule. I've got to stick to the schedule. You know, <laughs> otherwise it gets complicated. Although now in my single life, like I've been really pushing that leg hair. Like this is this is a really new experience for me of like, going a week or more without shaving my legs. So I mean, are there guys that really care if you have hair on your legs? Um, I mean, my feeling is I don't think they care that I, much. I think they I, care about something more. Let's just put it that I way. Think, I don't think they care that much. Like, because every time that I've told a guy, even a guy I wasn't dating seriously, like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I my, I, I, I can't shave till tomorrow. Cause you know, I, there's sometimes the awkward point where like, I can't shave cause the hair's too short. And I know since my skin is so sensitive, it's going to irritate my skin. So I've got to wait until it's just a little bit longer, but I still have to go see a dude, you know, like I'll kind of say like, Oh, sorry. Like my, you know, my hair's my, my legs have a little bit of hair on them. And they're always like, seriously, like it's really not that big of a deal. Yeah. But, um, 
I hate body hair so much that I can't be naked and have hairs on my body like touch like I the only reason I get away with my legs right now is because it's cold so I'm wearing long pants long socks so I never have to acknowledge the hairs there if it was it's even a little bit warmer I don't know how this happened to you I don't know either but let me tell you it ain't gonna change because me and body hair do not get along yeah I hate it well anyways i love buzzfeed i don't know what it is i could actually get in a rabbit hole and watch one buzzfeed after video after the oh my gosh me too i love the ones that are like um like conversations you have with your mom or the video you know like things you do with your your best friend forever like i love those videos the questions you still ask your mom is hilarious because I thought of that one too because you just texted me one of those questions about how long is this going to be good for? Can I cook this? And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is like a BuzzFeed video. That was a serious conversation. Like when I was getting ready to think about cooking that meat, like I called you and left a voicemail and I never leave you a voicemail. <laughs> but to me, that was so serious. Like I couldn't Google it. I needed my mother to answer this question and I needed it right now. Oh, that's funny. I, um... I really like the one where the lady talks about, oh, man, I'm forgetting what country it is, where her family's from another country, and she she can't think of what to write about, so she just randomly decides oh, yeah, to yeah, write yeah. about. So she, like, Googles it, sees these pictures, and it decides to write about how beautiful it is. And, and yeah, all that, the was, that was a really good video. I know, but look yeah. at us. We can't remember this, the country. It started with an M, I think. Malta. Small. Malta. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, and I totally oh, want to go there now. You know, Malta, um, ironically, because I'm watching The Crown, Malta is where Queen Elizabeth lived before her father died. Wow. Before she was crowned queen. That's where she lived with her husband. That's where they were going to continue to live until she had to, you know, obviously move into the castle. I see. Very interesting. Totally gonna, random, right? Going to have to totally watch random. BuzzFeed and The Crown all tied into one. There you go. They're interconnected. They're interconnected. Yeah, but I, I definitely do love BuzzFeed. Like, I see, like, people give it, you know, like, because I'm, I'm on Facebook. I have the BuzzFeed app, but I usually watch th- a lot of their stuff on Facebook, too, just because um, I'm aggressive and I love to see comments. And just to, even today, uh, BuzzFeed posted a video, like, you know, server's biggest pet peeves, you know, like, waitress staff, wait, wait staff's biggest pet peeves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, like, servers, you know, kind of sitting around talking about stuff that they hate. And I, the video cracked me up. Like, I thought it was fantastic. As someone who works in the service industry, like I get it. And I'm also, I've always been one of those people that's so worried about upsetting my server or doing something that's going to upset them. So I found it also a little edifying, you know? And, um, and the comments people were like, oh, boohoo, like this is your job. Like if you don't like it, quit, blah, 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 blah. I hate, hate people with that mentality. And, you know, people are ragging on BuzzFeed too, like, oh, you know, BuzzFeed, like, why do you post stuff like this? Like you guys are so lame and your leftist agenda, da, 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 whatever, whatever crap people comment on the internet. Um, so of course I was on there, like just typing away, commenting away. Like <laughs> you guys need to shut the F up. Like Buzzfeed is great. These servers are great. Clearly you are not the kind of person that should ever be in a restaurant. <laughs> My I comment got so many you- likes, mom. <laughs> I think sometimes people just like to complain about crap on the internet. Like, they probably are all very nice to their servers, but they just wanted to be contrary. So. I don't know. One of the people was, like, the biggest thing, because obviously in the video they were talking about 
you know, we live on tips. Like we work minimum wage. It's a very difficult job. We need tips. Like you can't just not tip, um, which is totally fair and totally valid. And like, I absolutely tip 20% unless the service is atrocious. Like I'm, I've always been that person. I'm never ever going to not be that person. And I don't understand the mentality of someone who doesn't do that. And I absolutely will throw down at the table with my friends if they are trying to tip poorly. Um, I don't think people realize how little they get paid though. And that they don't I get don't, the, all the tips to themselves that I they have to don't share. Think that they usually. realize it either. Like I, I genuinely don't think people understand how it works. And I don't think that they realize that their tips are taxed. Like right. they have to pay tax on those tips, whether you pay it or not, right. they have to pay it. So I, and that was the biggest thing in the comment section was I never tip and I'm, you know, tipping is optional and I'm not going to tip and, you know, if I spend $300, you should just be happy that I'm in your business spending $300, whether you get a tip or not. And Someone you're really so said entitled. that in a restaurant? That multiple people on the, in the comment section were saying this, mom. And I mean, literally, they were like, you know, like, you're entitled. Like, that's the word that was getting thrown around. These servers feel entitled. They can get a job that's better than minimum wage if they want to. This is their choice. Like, that that was the verbiage. But these are people around. supporting themselves through college Dude, or... don't even... Trust single me. Mothers, I mean, I know. you know, like, doing what they can to get by. It's a second job for some of them. Or, exactly. Survival. Like, let's think about the people Because we don't pay a living wage. Work a full-time job. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you need... If you're going to have a second job, you need a job that's flexible. And for a lot of people... Service really, the it. only jobs that can be, yeah, and minimum wage jobs are, are going to be the only ones that are flexible and the only way you can barely make your ends meet, you know? So, when I mean, obviously, I'm aware enough to factor all of that in, but obviously these people weren't. So, of course, I was in the comment section just letting, like, lighting people ablaze, just, you know, like, if, if you, if, if, if you go to a restaurant and you don't tip at all, the server is paying for you to be there because, one, you're taking a table away from a customer that would have probably tipped well. And two, their, their tips that you're not paying are, they still have to pay taxes on. Yeah. So I mean, not all restaurants, but like a chain people. basically has a computer program that adds up all their tickets for the night and taxes them on it out of their paycheck. So yeah. So like your small mom and pop place may not have that kind of program, but like sure. Chili's does, I'm assuming, you I'm know, gonna say most she- big yeah, most big have chains that. have that where they're actually paying taxes on the assumption that everyone tips, I think, is it 10%? It's 10%. Yeah. yeah. So if, if you tip a 20%, then they're a little ahead, but it makes up for the people that have tipped 0%. Which is why I always try and for 20 Like, right. you would have to probably spit in my face for me to tip you 10%. Like, I don't, I can't remember the last time that I did that. Uh Maybe I maybe I'll sometimes do like fifteen or eighteen, depending yeah. on you know I how have, big the bill was. I have was, done fifteen but... or ten based on some pretty crappy service, but usually it's like a pretty big factor and like it, it it it's it would it would be very rare and the service would have to be like completely horrible. Like I would have to have been ignored, not just ignored because ignored you know people get busy and stuff happens, but I mean it would have to be more than that, you know. To, to go down to 10%. And I'm sure yeah. that I've done it like once every year or two. But yeah, I'm I'm a 20%, if not more, tipper. Totally. And some places and they have to share. Like they have to, whatever they get, they have to split between the most staff and places, the back. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah, the wait staff, or I mean the bus boys and the cooks, like they, they're doing, you know, they're also doing a lot of work to make sure that the service is right that your food's good for you. So of course, but just because they don't interact with you doesn't mean they shouldn't get tipped. So yeah, I I think that splitting your tips absolutely makes sense. But yeah, you have to 
as as a consumer, you have to factor all that in. And it just shows the kind of people who have never worked a service job. I mean, if, if you work in the service industry and you come away from that saying, I'm not going to tip when I go to a restaurant, then you're, you're friendless and going to die alone because you have no soul. <laughs> Clearly. Well, I don't know if it'll be that extreme, but yeah, something. I mean, I think you can always find someone who's like-minded when it comes to stuff like that, for sure. My dad has a hard time. He does not understand. He's like, man, you're such a big tipper. You're going to go broke tipping. Da, 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 da. But has he worked a service industry job? <laughs> oh, no. And he, exactly. he's old that's school. I mean, yeah. The, the, people, the people who have worked those jobs. Yeah, no, I know that's and what still you come away not tipping. That that's, yeah. And I mean, there's a generational thing, too, because, you know, like, I remember when Danae, my sister, obviously, was um, a, a waitress, and she talked about how older people always tip the worst because there's a generational difference. Like, tipping didn't necessarily used to be a necessity because... Right, because everybody was pretty paid. Exactly. You were actually paid a living The wage. cost of living was less. and Exactly. Um, versus now, it's... you. The, that wait staff really, really relies on that to make their right. own ends meet. So it's, I mean, that's it, there's a part generational difference too. The part of the wait staff wasn't using it to survive necessarily. I don't know. I yeah. don't know what the difference is, but yes, it, it is a generational difference for sure. Yeah. That's oh, funny. Tipping, tipping, tipping. So you read the Ilyanla article I sent you about three ways to live in the now, because that's something mm-hmm. you're working on, I think, or we've talked yes. about in the past, because you uh-huh. are always planning, thinking and planning the future and I have social trouble media down. Yeah. where you can't enjoy the moment. Yeah. And it was three ways to do that. So they were train your mind to sit. Uh, stop thinking, start writing, basically make lists and give yourself permission to feel. And you didn't like it. I mean, I, I liked it and it was all very true. She made great points and it was succinct. And uh, I just, you know, it's just because it seems easy doesn't mean that it is easy. And that's what I didn't like about it. Like this is, I, it's almost like I'm really my eyes like I already know like I already know that these are things that I need to do and I'm trying so hard but it's 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 not easy and people who don't struggle with this are still to this day telling me all the time it's so easy and it's just not for me I think that easy is the wrong word I think it's simple but it's it's hard to enact yes like it's hard to think about like when you're in the heat of things making a list uh, like you have to stop what you're doing in order to make a list and you have to think about all the things that you have to do, especially if it's stressful. Right. So now mm-hmm. not only you're not doing something, you're taking a moment and not doing something, but you're also all the things that are weighing you down. You have to stop and actually confront them so that you can write mm-hmm. them down. And once you write them down, it's great. But like that idea of, you know, um, what's funny is that is actually the one that I actually do. That's, that's the only one that I am confident in my ability to do. I, I, I do that routinely. It's the other two that are more mental that I struggle with. I thought it was funny that she said your mind is like a puppy and you can train it. I was like, oh. I thought that was such a really good analogy because it makes it so much more tangible because I've trained puppies and animals. Like it's, it's easier for me to envision what it is that I need to do. But again, 
simple, not easy. I mean, this is something that I struggled with for a long time. But I don't think you really struggle with giving your permission, yourself permission to feel. <clears throat> but See, maybe. I, I, I don't know if that was necessary. I think that that might be a new thing for me. I mm. feel myself now running away from a lot of my feelings and choosing instead to like I now even now. And you know what? Let me let me rewind and preface it by saying this. I thought that I was good at feeling my feelings, but I was used to because of kind of always being in and out of relationships. I was used to having somebody there to feel them with me or to validate me in some way so that I um, you didn't have I guess to I, didn't, I didn't have to dwell my, on my feelings as much because there was someone there to share the weight and help pull me out of it and kind of be a distraction, but also kind of tell me what I needed to hear and tell me everything was going to be okay. And I relied on that. Like I didn't realize how much I relied on someone else to validate my feelings and help me work through them. So now that I am not in a relationship, my solution when I'm feeling things that I don't want to feel, whether that's sadness, anger, frustration, stress, anything, my solution is to text my friends and say, let's go out for drinks. And like, I just run away and deal with it by just hanging out with my friends and not talking about it. Hmm. Well, I think too, when you have someone else that you're relying on to validate it, it also helps you avoid like the, the side of thinking, oh, am I overthinking? Am I being silly? Is this, is this feeling like just a emotional thing that's going to pass? Like you have someone else like on your team going, yeah, you know, even if it's crazy, right. You have them saying, yeah, they're totally, you sh- that person's a jackass and la, mm-hmm. la, la, you know, like just feeding into whatever your emotional state is in a way that is confidence building as opposed to like really assessing it in a, mm-hmm. yeah. And, you know, assessing it in a certain personal way. Yeah. Definitely true. So, I mean, even then you probably weren't feeling in the, in, in the self analytical way. It was just more like getting someone to back up whatever you were feeling, which may not necessarily be good. Yeah. But I never, I mean, I never really thought about that, but yeah, that, that is one thing that happens when you're in a relationship, right? You rely, you run everything by that person and you kind of get that feedback. Yeah. I'm in, I'm inside my head a lot though. I mean, I don't necessarily tell dad about everything as far as, um, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I, there are some things that I'm so confident on and and I've kind of always been that way. Like some things that even when I was in a serious committed relationship, I didn't feel the need to, I, I was never asking for advice. I was telling like what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to certain things I'm discovering now, like I, I, I mean, I don't know. I think part of it, part of, part of the things that I'm running from are, you know, sadness about the fact that I'm not in a relationship and I would love to be or sadness about the fact that I'm not with the person I want to be with or whatever it might be depending on the day of the week and my mood, you know, but like, I, I'm not, I'm not a sad person. I've never really been a sad person. I've always been pretty happy and felt happy and I don't like to be sad. So when I start to feel myself get that way about something that I can't control or something that I can't fix, I don't like it. I don't like focusing on it. I don't like feeling it. And I don't like the fact that I don't have someone that's immediately there to tell me everything's going to be okay. And here's why, 
But can't so you, I, yeah, I run. Can't you kind of do both? Can't you just say, I'm feeling sad and I want to be with my friends and then do that? And that that's letting yourself feel that you're sad and then you're still spending time with your friends and going out to to kind of have an escape. Like, can't you I do mean, both? Yeah, and I think that I'm trying to find the balance, but it, it's to the point where, like, I don't want to leave. Like, you know, it's get, getting close to the end of the night and I've got to be up in five hours and I'm like, mm, but I don't really want to go home. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to lay in bed because I know that my mind's going to go place, you know, I'm going to think about stuff that's going to make me sad and I don't want to feel sad. Um, or even today, like, good example, like today, like, I purposely scheduled myself with, uh, you know, a few shorter hours than normal so that I could get some stuff done at home and relax because I knew I was going to have a long day yesterday. So I wanted to have a shorter day today and kind of make up for it. And I didn't leave work early. Like, I didn't have to be there. It wasn't busy. There was no real reason for it other than I didn't really want to go home and be alone. Yeah, I, I, mean, I liked being with my employees and my team because they're fun and I decided to hang around. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's normal. I mean, I think that's okay. I don't know. I don't know what's normal. <laughs> this is all yeah, new. So I, I'm, I mean, we I, should I'm, clarify too that you haven't always had a whole strong base of friends that you've kind of like had that opportunity like even with your job it wasn't a place you could just hang out at before yeah if you that's true but I mean I think that it's okay to just be like I don't want to be home alone so I'm going to stay here with these people that I'm having fun with I think that's okay I don't think you need to beat yourself up about that I think it's more about acknowledging how you feel and what you know you sound like you know how you feel and why you're doing it. I mean, I definitely think staying out and late later than you should and drinking too much are not good choices. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the mom side, but um, yeah, I think you're you're kind of at least acknowledging. Well, this is, I know that I I don't want to be alone, so this is what I'm doing to counteract that. I think that's okay because you're at mm -hmm. least acknowledging. If you were in denial and saying, "No, I want to be here." This is this is where I need to be. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. making up reasons why you needed to be at work. Um, then that's harder, but you're at least acknowledging yeah. I didn't want to be alone. So I stayed at work and that's, mm -hmm. so yeah. Well, see, there you go. Speaking of Ayanla, I fell in love with Ayanla when she did starting over house. Do you, do you ever remember me watching that show? Uh, no, I don't think so. So it was a thing that they, her and another lady, I guess there were three doctors or three people in there. There was like a motivational lady, Ayanla and a, a psychologist, I think he was, but they would mm -hmm. take women that were had like, I guess you had to write or like apply to be on the show that had some pretty serious issues that they needed to work through. And they would all come into this house and like for however long it took, they would have therapy sessions between Alanya and the other lady. And, um, I just was like the, the stuff, the type of therapy things that she would do were just so amazing. Like just... Mm -hmm. she's very um, like doing physical things to deal with stuff mentally be it draw or write or create like bash something with a baseball bat you know that represents mm -hmm. this thing that you're you're angry about like just t total physical things hugging something when you need it when you know remembering a, a specific moment and hugging someone to like get through that moment and get some sort of feeling of love or like it's okay in a moment that you didn't have that like this those kind of things mm -hmm. but it was a really good show i'm like i can't believe it's not on the air so but now she has her own show on mm. oprah's network ah 
fix that my life. That sounds like the right place for her. It's perfect. Yeah. So, and I haven't watched Fix My Life, to be honest. I keep talking about it. So maybe someday I will start. But yeah, sounds like it's your time. It sounds like it. And just like that, episode three. Yeah. Boom. You didn't mess around. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Grown Up and Grounded. We want to give a big shout out to Dave Depper. He provides the music we use in our episodes. We got the music from the Free Music Archive, but you can check him out directly at davedepper.com. Have a good one. Alanya, Ayan, Ayanla. Oh my gosh, I know how to say. I mean, if you can't say her name, then maybe we shouldn't uh, talk about it.